My name is Boyd Varty. I think of myself as an artist of experience. My passion is to create transformational experiences for myself and others as a way to explore what it means to truly live. My central exploration is to live on what I would call the track of your life. To me, this is to live courageously towards the discovery of what you are called to and to what life asks of you. So much of how I live has been informed by my passion as an animal tracker. I'm following the trail of my own life and reporting back. This show is a daily broadcast from a treehouse on the Londolozi Game Reserve in the wild eastern part of South Africa. Londolozi is a 14,000 hectare wilderness reserve adjacent to the Kruger National Park. The land is home to lion, leopard, rhino, elephant and buffalo, as well as a variety of other animals. I am your host, Boyd Varty. My goal is to spend 40 days and 40 nights alone in the wilderness to explore the archetype of the mystic in nature and hone my skills as a tracker. These are my daily stories. Day 12. Journal Entry. Modern life is built on a truth and a lie. The truth is that on a cold night, a bowl of soup and a hot blanket will make you happier. The lie is that a thousand bowls of soup and a thousand blankets will make you a thousand times happier. As an enthusiastic young PhD, colonized by the arrogance of science, I had been fooling myself that I was the only teacher. The land is the real teacher. All we need as students is mindfulness. Paying attention is a form of reciprocity with the living world, receiving the gifts with open eyes and open heart. That's an excerpt from Braiding Sweetgrass. It's a really beautiful book about indigenous wisdom, scientific knowledge, and the teaching of plants. I really love that though. The land is the real teacher. All we need is, as students is mindfulness. Paying attention is a form of reciprocity with the living world, receiving the gifts with open eyes and open heart. It's surprising to me how much time giraffes spend down in the river. Yesterday I s saw three walking in a perfect line. Like an artist, I'm learning to see differently. Looking past the outlines of giraffe walking to a kind of geometry that shapes everything out here. A shaman once told me that the trick to transformational processes was to know how to interrupt and shape patterns. In order to do that, you must look at the spaces between things, how everything is touching everything in relation. Last night, around the fire, a firefly came to visit, floating in the dark sky, and then, beyond it, a satellite. I wondered if hundreds of miles away Jerry Springer reruns were being broadcast to TVs all over Africa as I sat here in the wonder of the night. Down in the river, the leopards continue their passions. I have not felt compelled to go and find them. It would not be difficult. A simple process of using your ears to close in slowly on the sounds of mating, which is a guttural growl at the moment of copulation. I will not try to imitate it. But to go and seek them out now seems kind of impolite. 
One thing is for sure. The passion happening down in the river ain't up here. No. Here is a place of mystical abstinence. I once heard a story about a hunter. He was sitting alone in his most remote wilderness camp around his fire. There were meant to be no people for hundreds of miles. Suddenly, out of the night, walked a beautiful woman. Turns out she had run away from another hunter's camp after a fight with her lover. So, you never know. What would I do if a beautiful woman walked in out of the night? I would probably blind her in my torchlight and say something medieval like, Who goes there? She would walk up to the circle of firelight and I would unleash my smoothest game. Do you want a sweet potato? I cook them the best around <laughs> I cook them the best around here. <laughs> Wanna share my mosquito nest? No. No, it's best that mystics go to their caves alone. <laughs> I'm developing a theory on why mystics went to nature. Imagine you were two people, a frantic city dweller and a calm wild person. Your frantic city dweller had the wheel, and that's the truth of who you were. That life got most of your attention. Occasionally, on a weekend or a va vacation, you might glimpse your wild person. You remember that wild person, because they were there that one time you fell in love. Still, quickly you're back in life, and the city dweller takes the wheel, and that's who you are. When the mystic goes to nature, I think they find that wild person, who knows a totally different rhythm. They stay with that wild person. They hang out for a few days in trees and caves and groves, till that wild person takes residence, and the frantic city dweller is the one who is only glimpsed. Both are alive inside. The one that gets attention becomes abiding. I wonder how long it would take this wild person state to embed in me to the depth that it could not be moved, till its open calm was my state of consciousness, till I could go live in Shanghai and run a hedge fund and never even glimpse my old frantic self. I wonder. Today, my body was tired. My body kind of ebbed into a lower level of energy and I just went with it. I did not run or practice vinyasa bell. I did not push through, which is my normal way. I followed the energy through the morning, resting, and by afternoon I felt really restored. It's such a different way to follow your body rather than lead it. And I suspect that there are places for both. But one thing is for sure, that animals and hunter-gatherers would have no respect for treadmills. My friend Renius, who grew up in the wild, could not understand the impulse to lift weights. And I get it. Because generally here in a day, life is just wonderfully physically engaging. One thing I have noticed is in my masculine excitement, I'm drawn to adventure and to tracking and exploring and running and discovering. But it's the meditation right now where the most is being given to me. Uh, I would say that I must sit about double what I'm naturally drawn to. And the meditation is the place to push, not on the kettlebell or adventuring or tracks. A little bit of a side note on tracking. 
right now, it seems to me that all four of the prides of lions um, that frequent the Londolozi land are off the property now on neighboring properties. And this has an air of pending excitement about it, as they're sure to, in the next couple of days, return. So I think I know how surfers feel when they know a big swell will arrive in a few days. Uh, one of these mornings we're going to wake up and walk these boundaries and find tracks of prides coming into the property. Late yesterday evening, I saw a group of people from the Londolozi camp from across the river. It was a very interesting feeling. A part of me wanted to walk over and crack a beer and have a chat, but I knew it would pop me out of a kind of state I'm in. My heart went out to that marvelous community that they are, but I am not ready for long talks with people. Okay, so now let's get back to learning to see. A man called Ken Tinley once taught my father how to see a tree. Ken was an ecologist, and he understood that there was a difference between how something works and what it means. My father then taught me how to see it, well, how to look at a tree. He said, when you look at a tree, see the soil that holds it. Understand that soil feeds it, but the tree also enriches that soil. See how its shade invites shade grass, and how its stem alchemizes minerals and sugars to make fruit. Notice how those birds and monkeys are drawn by the fruit. See how the monkeys cavorting up there cause leaves to fall and that entice those antelope over. Watch for that owl that roosts in the dark shaded branches. See that monitor lizard's home in the hole where the branch broke off. You must see all of this to really understand the nature of a tree. You must see all of this to truly see a tree. Wouldn't it be interesting if we could all spend time looking this way. Maybe you could spend some time looking at nature this way. Or into your relationships, or at your garden. In native cultures, ceremonies are a time in our life when we remember to remember. And right now, I'm certainly in a ceremony. I must remember what Ken knew. How something works and what it means are different things. I must remember to remember. Four zero. Out. This has been another episode of the Track Your Life podcast with Boyd Varty. Follow us on Instagram at Boyd underscore Varty, Twitter at Boyd Varty, visit Boyd's website at boydvarty.com or subscribe to this podcast in your favorite podcast player. Please rate and review this podcast so that more people can find and enjoy it.